want to start this morning with a video from my son. For those of you who don't know our family, this is our son, Will. He lives in Newburgh. He just graduated from George Fox in April, and he works in Beaverton at an electrical engineering firm working on microchips that are so complex he might as well be speaking Russian when he tells me what he does. Calculus 17 kind of stuff. Within the last three weeks, probably three weeks ago, he, he told me that when he was at work, he felt dead inside. Uh, he did not like his job. It was, it was empty. It was draining. And we had a conversation and didn't necessarily use the, use the word surrender with him, but just talked about maybe what that was and how to remedy that um, with the Lord. And so I'm going to let him tell you his story of the last three weeks and what the Lord's done in his heart and attitude, and then I told him he inspired my sermon this morning. So, welcome, Will. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name's Will, for those of you who don't know me, and I just have a testimony of something God has been doing and is doing in my heart and in my life. Um, in April, I graduated college, and I started a full-time job pretty much immediately after, and the first couple months, the job was great. It was exciting and new and fun, and I was getting to meet new people and learn all about the company and what they did, and um, it was great. A couple months in, I started to realize that maybe this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. It's the work isn't really what I what I like, um, but I was like, I can I can make it through at least a couple years and. Another month or so went by, and I I started feeling really down about work. Um, it was really hard to get out of bed in the morning, and after work, I just felt drained and like I couldn't think, and um, yeah, almost couldn't function. I felt like work was taking everything from me, like mentally and emotionally, and I could trace all of my um, everything that was going on in me, I felt like I could trace it back to work. And, and so I, I called dad and I was kind of worked up a little bit and, um, just really also sad that I didn't like my job because, um, engineering is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And so it was also disappointing that my first job wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. Um, so I called dad and kind of told him how I was feeling. And I, I told him that I felt broken because that's really what I felt like. I felt like I just didn't work anymore. My my brain, my emotions, everything was felt broken. And he, he said, I don't think you're broken. I think you're empty. Um, and I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. That, that could be true. And he said, um, for the first couple months of your job, you were probably getting all of your strength from the excitement um, of the new job. And um, you were just kind of relying on that and relying on yourself to get through work. And, and when that ran out, you didn't have anything there. And so he encouraged me to um, rely on the joy of the Lord to be my strength. And um, along with that, thankfulness um 
that's a huge part of joy. So I started just at my desk praying, thank you, Jesus, for work. Thank you for the ability to earn money. Thank you for the people I work with, all this stuff. And it felt pretty forced at first, I guess, uh, like I was just doing it. But um, almost immediately, within a couple days, my mindset totally shifted about work. I started enjoying conversations with people at work. I started um, getting more interested in the job. I started feeling even more confident in my abilities to complete tasks and to um, speak up in meetings, whatever else. Um, and I just felt more joyful at work. And it's, it's still not perfect. It's not what I want to do for the rest of my life, but it's what I'm doing now and it's where God has me now. And so, yeah, that's kind of the end. It's just still a work in progress, but um, that thankfulness for the place that you're at now brings a lot of contentment. And um, after that, joy can come in. It's really hard to be joyful without being thankful. And I think uh, that's something I learned from this. So just be encouraged in that. Yeah. So he was really, really disillusioned about the job he had found. And he was so excited at first. It was clearly God opening doors and setting him up. Uh, and and then all of a sudden, within just four months, he was he did not like it. He was lost and talking about new jobs and moving and just wanting something different. And and um, I just told him to be thankful. And, and he actually did it, which is really cool. <laughs> Sometimes as parent and pastor, I'm just like, is anybody listening? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he's, he's very, very different in his in his face, in his attitude, Jesus showed up and started thanking the Lord. So what I told him, he didn't go into everything that we talked about that day, but what I told him was my idea for what is this sermon is that we have three sources of strength um, because there's three parts of you. You have a body and you have a soul and you have a spirit and your body is the physical part of you and your soul is your emotions, your personality, your thoughts and your will and your beliefs. And then your spirit is the, the living force that connects with God inside of you. And all three of those parts of us have and need strength. So the people who are aware of their bodily need for strength and, and maybe only aware of that, I mean, obviously food is a source of strength for our body, but a lot of people depend on coffee. Some people depend on alcohol. Uh, some people depend on drugs just to get their body going. It is a search for strength. It is a search for energy and hope and ability through the body as a source of strength. If I take this drug, I'll have energy and I'll be, I'll be up. Some people are, uh, feed their body 
finding energy and their source of strength through sexual encounters or adrenaline rush or the next vacation or workout endorphins. Not all of that is wrong. Some of it is sin, but, but we all know that our body ultimately is not our source of strength. But the people who live for their body um, wouldn't think of fasting or dieting or abstaining from sex or can't quit their addiction because that's what I rely on to get through my day. Another source of strength that we have is our soul, uh, our, our emotions and our personality and our will. And so we can get a lot of strength from that and we call that excitement. We call it uh, hope, vision. And, and when we look to strengthen our soul, some people find that at some big social event like a concert that you just get all excited when you, oh, I love crowds and I like lights and music and it's, I get so much energy. And others of you are the opposite. You live for the next moment of solitude and quiet. And, and most everybody likes both, but, um, you know, the next rodeo, the next movie, the next party, the next exciting, energetic thing that feeds me and makes me feel alive. I'm, I'm, I'm getting energy from that, always looking for the next adventure or the next interesting challenge or the next creative endeavor. Um, if you're constantly turning to something for reassurance or soothing or courage, that's your soul needing fed, needing energy. And if, if somebody's often needing attention or stroked by others or in order just to function through the day because of depression or anxiety or because they're an energy vampire or whatever, that's, that's somebody's soul needing, needing energy, needing strength. Somebody who's constantly longing for something better but never actually arrives at real change is looking for strength from their soul, but, but it's not there. And so Will arrived at this place at work where, where he said, I, I feel dead inside when I'm at work. I live for the weekend. Um, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And then after work, all I can do is just sort of veg out. I won't ask for a show of hands, but you've either been in a job or a relationship or circumstances that are just so scary or so draining that you just don't have anything left. And more coffee isn't going to fix it, and cocaine isn't going to fix it, and going to a concert or a rodeo isn't going to fix it. Taking a vacation does the same thing as the guy that drains a fifth of vodka. It just drowns out reality for a moment, but I have to come back to it. Yeah. So uh, what I encouraged Will to do was find, find his energy and his strength from his, in his spirit, which is the third part of us, where real strength comes from. Because we, we're not going to find meaning and satisfaction in our external situations, in our body or the circumstances of our life. And we're not going to find it, ultimately, we're not going to find it in our emotions or our attitude about your job or your marriage or whatever. It's not a permanent solution to just decide to smile, a fake smile. Lots of times we have to do that. 
And I'm not saying it's wrong to feed our body or our soul. Our bodies and souls need energy. Um, they need strength. But what I suggested to Will is that you will find Jesus in your cubicle when you invite him there. So invite him there by turning to him while you're there at your computer. Thank him for your job and the circumstances and everything he just said. Something he didn't say that I suggested he did is I said, the Holy Spirit's right there with you. Ask him how to solve the problem you're working on. The engineering firm is working on some big problem with some microchip that doesn't work right. It's a millimeter and a half square, so it's not like they can take it apart and fix it like my motorcycle engine, you know, or you know, building a house or something. Like, I don't even, under, I do not understand how you do these things, but Jesus understands microchips. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is inside of that, that circuit that's too small to see. He knows what's going on. Ask him. And everything changed when he, when he just started being thankful and inviting Jesus into his work. God's solutions are always very simple. Not always easy, but always very simple. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. There is our spirit strength right there, is the joy of the Lord. So... When your body isn't feeling great or you're low on energy or whatever, you've expended yourself, or that's not going to be the source of our strength. And a lot of days in life, not every day, but a lot of days, our soul cannot be the source of our strength. And specifically, when Nehemiah tells the Israelites this, it was a day of mourning, and they are weeping over the destruction of Israel. And Nehemiah says, don't weep, rejoice. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So this is a spiritual joy, not just a feeling of joy in our soul, but this is a, a spirit joy because it's joy in trials. It's joy when I don't feel like being joyful, like will it go into work. And then Romans 1.17 says it is written that the righteous will live by faith. So the way that we access the joy of the Lord is by faith, by believing that he's there. Jesus is in my cubicle with me. Jesus is here in my car. Jesus is in our marriage. Jesus is in our finances. Jesus is in my daily life. Jesus is in these bratty toddlers <laughs> that I have had enough today. But Jesus is here. So by faith, we access the joy of the Lord. The next scripture is Psalm 21, 6 and 7. You make him glad with the joy of your presence because he trusts in you. Do you see the cause and effect there? What do you have to do first? Trust in him and that will make you joyful. Make him glad with the joy of the Lord. Not just uh, the joy you get from listening to a happy song or going to a fun event or going to a beach vacation, but real permanent joy of the Lord comes when we trust him. Psalm 33, 21 says the same thing. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. There it is, the cause and effect again. Because we trust in him, there's faith. 
then our heart is glad. Back to Romans 15, 13. God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. So what I was encouraging Will to do, without, I guess, using the words, is, is, um, is trust in the Lord and God, who is the source of all hope, will fill you with joy and peace. And now, compared to three weeks ago, Will has all three of those, hope, joy, and peace. But he was, he was really in a, a down place. And, but God, who is the source of all hope, filled him with joy and peace because he started to bring Jesus in to his everyday situation. So, um, super practical, everyday life way to trust in the Lord, to access his joy that is our strength, that supernatural spiritual joy that is eternal and permanent and rock solid and doesn't wash around like our own feelings and our body, the, the most super practical way is thankfulness. Just start thanking him for everything. Thank him for what you're doing in the moment and whatever you, your hand and mind are set on in the moment, just start thanking him and, and just, just be thankful. I have purposed recently to, um, to just be more thankful and I thank, I thank God and it, it is amazing the ideas, the things I think of to be thankful for while I'm just walking through daily life, I thank God when I turn on a water faucet. Yeah. I, I'm genuinely moved in thankfulness that I don't have to go to the creek with a bucket and get this water and chop my firewood and start a fire so that I can warm up water to wash dishes. I get to turn on a lever yeah. and instant hot water. And, and when I'm in the shower, I just like, thank you, Jesus, for hot water. Thank you for this shower. Thank you for this shower right now that I get to enjoy in this day because it's not a promise that that'll always be there. I just, I want to thank him now. I thank you, God, for my vehicle. I don't have to walk eight miles to church and just thank him for the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the glorious, the wonderful and, and everything. And, and I have determined um, recently that I'm going to use other people's complaining to trigger my thankfulness. I just, I, I, and when I decided that, I hear so much more complaining. People, compl <laughs> people complain when it's hot. So I just started back in July and August, so I just started thanking Jesus that it's hot. And if you know me, you know that's by faith. I, I am a fall and winter guy. But um, I, I just thank you, God. I, I soak up the heat and I love it and I'm not going to complain. And then when people begin to complain next month or whatever about cold, I'm going to thank God for the cold. And, and I'm going to thank him for the snow and the ice. And I'm going to thank him while I get to shovel snow. Oh, that's also by faith uh, when you live in Imbler. So um, I, don't just, I just determined that I'm going to be more thankful. And I determined that anytime I hear a complaint or disgruntled, unthankful anything, I'm just going to do the opposite. Not in anybody's face, just between me and Jesus. Just, you know, I'm not correcting anybody um, in the moment. Just, just like, no, Jesus, I don't agree with that. I'm going to say thank you. And, and, and thank you. And it's just a super, super practical way to find the joy of the Lord in, in, in everyday life. And then that joy of the Lord is our strength. When your body is running out, 
or when your soul has run out of strength. Or maybe you woke up with none. (laughs) You ran out three weeks ago. Or you ran out a few years ago. The God of all hope. Really, most, most people's, what gets called depression and anxiety, it's, it, it all stems from hopelessness. The God of all hope will fill us with joy and peace as we believe Him. And, and God really does expect us to do, to do this in everyday life, even in really bad situations. Uh, I'm going to take time for one of the stories that I had prepped for this morning. Otto Koning was a missionary in Indonesia uh, in the jungles of Borneo, and he and his men are going from one village to another to preach in a certain village, and, and they're hacking away with their machetes at the jungle path, and he's in the lead. He said they had to let the white man lead because he's the slowest. Okay, so he's, he's in the front, and they hack away at this palm frond bush, and here is, he said, a, a three-foot hornet nest. And they all dove off in the mud, and he, he got stung from head to toe, just completely covered in um, hundreds of hornet stings, and swelled up, and they had to carry him to the next village, and they laid him in the back of the church, and he said, multiple guys came back and looked at me and said, you're going to die. And they were totally serious. They laid him in the back corner of this hut, palm frond hut, where they're having church, and um, and they go, and he said, they just keep looking back to see if I'm still alive. Like they're just looking back, just looking. Back. And, and he said, I'm laying there in absolute misery, and the spirit of the Lord says, rejoice. He's like, God, now is not a good time <laughs> to try to teach me a lesson on rejoicing. And and he said, the Holy Spirit just he just said it again, rejoice. And then he was silent. There was no other instruction. And he said, so I'm laying there having trouble breathing and I'm in terrible physical pain over my entire body. And he said, all I could muster was, thank you, Jesus. And then another one came and another one came and then some, and things began to roll inside of him. And he said, and, and pretty soon I was, I was able to sit up. And I'm, I'm sitting in the back of the church, still in terrible pain, but my attitude has changed. Yeah. And that began to change his body. And his healing was not instant. But the fact that he didn't die converted numerous natives. They're like, your God saved your life. Nobody lives through those hornets when you get stung that many times. Everybody dies. And the key of accessing the literal physical healing and life of God, God's key was start singing or be thankful. It is not a suggestion. (laughs) Sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's a literal matter of life and death. Usually not, but but it might be in in your circumstance that, uh, that we actually access the joy of the Lord because it is our strength. It is our life. So, rejoice! (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for my job. Thank you, Jesus, for our marriage. Thank you, Jesus, for our financial situation. Thank you, Jesus, for my doctors. (laughs) Thank you for my body part that doesn't work right, (laughs) causes me pain. 
Serious, don't just thank him for the outcome that you're hoping for, but thank him for where you're at right now and what's going on right now. Just, just thank him. Just thank him. Just going to give you a minute or two. Just get real specific with Jesus right now. Thank him for your husband. Thank him for your wife. Thank him for your kids or the ones you don't have that you hope to have someday. Thank him. For where you're at right now, bring him into your cubicle and watch him change things.